Hey everybody, I'm Alicia and welcome to the Medicine in Color podcast, a platform where I highlight the voices of men and women of color in all aspects of medicine and elevate their stories for the world to hear. Let's get to it. What's up, y'all, and welcome to episode six of the Medicine and Color podcast. Uh, it has been a while since the last episode. If I am honest, uh, we started off systems and cardio, and cardio tried to take me out a little bit, but I'm hanging in as always, evaluating, growing, and making adjustments where needed. And that's pretty much the game of life and game of this thing. So uh, one thing that I'm reminded of this last week is that I am completely unable to do this without support. I am grateful for my people for lifting me up throughout this process. One of my friends in particular had to talk me off the ledge this past week. So special shout out to my homie, Michelle, whose birthday is coming up really soon. I'm grateful for you. And shout out to my professors and classmates too. Y'all are gold and I'm grateful for you too. I was also reminded that I can only make it through this process with the covering and grace of God. So this is my moment, my little PSA to tell everyone listening, stay in touch with what keeps you grounded, be it faith, your people, exercise, or if you're like me, it's all of the above. Keep pressing on towards your goals, but stay connected and reach out to your folks when you need to. Broad Street Run is officially less than a month away and I am excited. A little nervous, but I'm excited. This past Sunday, I got out uh, with the person who inspired me to do the run and ran a um, long training run for me. And I felt super accomplished afterwards. I was like, this body did that many miles and I am just, I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of what I was able to do. Proud that I put one foot in front of the other and didn't stop for a certain distance and then, um, you know, took a little break, then got back to it. So I had a slight stag in the road with a minor injury, but I'm working it out and planning to um, run, jog, trot, walk the race in May if I'm clear to do so. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. I have improved my stretch game drastically over the last couple of weeks, and I've been using the Nike training app to do yoga several times a week, um, and it's just been good to improve my mobility, maintain mobility, and prevent any further injury. I've also committed myself to 30 straight days of exercise for 30 minutes minimum. So this is day 10, and so far it's going well. I've either been doing uh, runs, weight training, resistance, um, high-intensity interval training, or yoga, stretching. So it's been fun. So 10 days down, 20 more days to go. So I'm looking forward to Broad Street, looking forward to uh, getting out there with all the people, having a good time, enjoying it, but also running 10 miles. And if you don't know, Broad Street Run is the largest 10-mile run in the country. There's several thousands of people out there, and we're going to do it on May 5th and celebrate afterwards. (laughs) So my inspiration for this week is Beyonce. If you have not already seen the news, Netflix released the trailer for her special drop on April 17th. And she announced a deal with Adidas to relaunch her Ivy Park line. Beyonce's work ethic and marketing skill are just brilliant. And I'm pretty sure she has an amazing team behind her. And if you're not inspired by Beyonce, I don't know what to tell you. I just don't. Uh, in the news of another bad woman doing some amazing stuff who I admire, I am. I just started reading uh, Dr. Sonia Sloan's Rules of Medicine. I met Dr. Sloan back in 2012 when volunteering for a 
Summit in DC. And I've followed her in admiration ever since. She was the first black female orthopedic surgery resident at a top tier residency program and just released her book, which is now an Amazon bestseller. She's amazing. And I look forward to diving further into it. I started reading a little bit yesterday. I'm going to read it in between, you know, some study breaks uh, as I'm learning the renal system. So shout out to my brother, Joseph, for gifting it to me. Uh, I'm looking forward to diving deeper into it. So I will let y'all know how it is. Hopefully I'll finish it, I guess, you know, within the next week and a half or so in between studying and all the other things in AMEC. Speaking of AMEC, uh, I just announced that the podcast is coming to AMEC. If you have not already heard, I get to do a live show at AMEC 2019 AMEC is the annual medical education conference and is hosted this year in Philadelphia at the Philadelphia Marriott downtown. I will be doing a live show on Friday, April 19th at 3 p.m. So y'all come and see me, check your schedules, your apps, all that jazz for location updates. It may change, but I will release the location on social media. The conference is sold out. So if you are registered for the conference, Come check me out and a guest. We're going to have a good time. I talked to the person that I'm going to sit down and talk to uh, for the live show earlier this week. And again, I was just so fired up because she's so amazing. She's just extraordinary. And having conversation with her this week about what we're going to do on the 19th just fired me up. I got so excited. I was so excited. I could like jump out of my chair. I literally did actually. So I'm excited to sit down and talk with her. I'm going to make the announcement coming soon, so stay tuned to the social media for updates and more details about the live show. It's going to be great. We're going to have a whole vibe in the space. Like I said in the announcement, the playlist is going to be popping. It's going to be comfortable. It's going to be exciting, and I'm looking forward to it. So join me at AMEC 2019 for a live show on April 19th at 3 p.m. at the Philadelphia Marriott if you are registered for the conference. I look forward to seeing everyone there, meeting you, having a good time and enjoying good conversation. So on to today's episode, uh, I had the honor of speaking with someone from the hometown. Y'all know I always got to rep Savannah. Miss Brittany Carter Frazier is a native of our hometown, my hometown, Savannah, Georgia. She knew early on that she wanted to pursue a career in medicine because she always wanted to help those in need and had family experiences that influenced her path. She earned her bachelor's of science in nursing from Hampton University, some call Hampton the real HU. I got a couple of friends that went to Hampton. I won't get in the, in the middle of that because I also got friends that went to Howard. Um, <laughs> after graduation, her career path in nursing has been pretty eventful, including work in emergency medicine, pulmonology, surgery, and oncology. So she's had a lot of interesting experiences. She later took the next step of becoming a family nurse practitioner and is currently practicing a federally qualified health center in uh, underserved communities. She is the Good Saras, so she's a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. One time for the Good Saras. <laughs> she's involved in several organizations, including Susan G. Coleman, Inner City Night Shelter, and Stork Nest. She's a proud wife of Mr. Justin Frazier, and her favorite quote is, be patient, your time is coming. Y'all, we talked about everything from self-care, getting lost in our favorite city, trap yoga, and much more. So here is my conversation with Ms. Brittany Carter Frazier. Enjoy. Foremost, uh, I want to say thank you uh, for agreeing to be a part of the podcast. Thank you for taking time to sit down with me. Um, 
Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, so the first question I typically ask everyone is, uh, what do you do and why? Um, well, I am currently a family nurse practitioner in Hinesville, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, I started to become in the medical field just due to, of course, family history. And because I knew I wanted to have a career that included giving back and incorporating the community. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I decided to start off in nursing, getting my knowledge and getting on getting through ER, ICU, and several other floors, I decided that I wanted to actually be in preventive medicine, which ended me into going into the family nurse practitioner career. Okay. All right. And um, when you say uh, preventative medicine, what do you mean by that? With family medicine, um, it's all about preventative care. Mm -hmm. And you push that. Because we, what we do with family practice is preventative care. We're preventing patients from getting diabetes. We're preventing hypertension. We're educating. We are the souls of why these patients are getting readmitted to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Frequent buyers, as we used to call them in the hospital. And I used to be like, okay, here goes this patient. They just left two weeks ago, but they back again. <laughs> uh-huh. But that's why I was it was important for me to go into family medicine because I wanted to go into preventive care. Yeah. Yeah. Good deal. Good deal. And that also included preventive care for oncology, which is women's health. Me, Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan on um, women getting mammograms, getting pap smears to prevent cervical cancer. I mean, that's just things that are important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And so help me distinguish between um, a nurse and a family nurse practitioner. What do what those things mean for folks that maybe listen and don't know? Okay. Well, as a nurse, you obtain a four-year bachelor of science degree. There are associate's degree in nursing. So a bachelor's is the second step. But most of the time, I encourage anyone, just go ahead and get that four-year degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, you can do bedside nursing. You're welcome to do um on the floor, you can be a nurse manager, you can go into different aspects with the Bachelor of Science. Mm-hmm. With a nurse practitioner degree, you are able to prescribe meds, number one. Number two, you can practice on your own um, under a physician supervision. It depends on what state you're located. Okay. In Georgia, we practice under a supervising physician. Mm-hmm. But that's what our goal is. And most of the MPs were outpatient. So you have plenty of fields you can go into cardiology, oncology, family medicine, women's health. It's a wide variety. And basically as nurse practitioners, you're on your own. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. And so talk about, um, what you do, like, what is your day to day look like? I know we talked a bit about this offline. Um, but what is your day to day look like? Okay. So the first thing about my day to day is usually, I am a very slow riser because when I was a nurse, I worked on night shift Mm -hmm. because I knew that was better for me because I wasn't a morning person. Mm -hmm. But nurse practitioner where I came to day shift, (laughs) human life. And then once I come into work, usually I have about, which isn't a bad day, is in between about 18 to 20 patients, which is pretty much normal for me. You know, it's not really too much. It's just kind of okay. Some days I have 
a few uh, less than 18 so I'll take that but basically I go through paperwork I see my patients and we always start off we have it depends on the day I look at do we have diabetes hypertension am I doing family planning am I doing IUDs am I doing abscess removals am I placing next phenon insertions um, or am I removing things IUDs or next phenons also Am I opening up an abscess? Am I treating a UTI? Did somebody break their foot over the weekend? Okay, am I referring them to orthopedics? Mm-hmm. I could be ordering an EKG. Yeah. Also, we have nurse triage. So I have some patients that come in for blood pressure checks and emergency situations that I triage as well as seeing my regular patients. Yeah, okay. So usually by 5.30, I am tired and ready to go. <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha. It sounds like you have a, a a busy day, but every day could be different. Yeah, some days are fast and some days are slow. Yeah, good deal, good deal. And so um, let's go back to talk about how your journey like to a career in nursing and then ultimately a career in um, as a family nurse practitioner. So what um, what did your particular training look like? I know that you went to um, HU. Uh, yes, some the real H U, the real H U, Hampton University, the Hampton University. Now, some folks at Howard would certainly um, say that you're wrong. However, I didn't go to either one of those schools, so I'm not. You know, I'm gonna let y'all have. I'm gonna let y'all cook on that one. Um, so yeah, tell me, talk, talk. What is it? What is your? What was your process like to becoming a nurse and then family nurse practitioner? So my process is once I graduated from Hampton University, (laughs) I accepted a job in medical surgical. But first, I tell everyone I had the biggest time passing boards. I have really bad test anxiety. So on my first time, I failed boards. Mm -hmm. So that was a huge setback for me. It was a lot of encouragement, like. I felt like a failure at first. I felt like, you know, how was I going to be a nurse? You know, that's something that I just fell by boards. Mm -hmm. You know, that is something that I try to tell anyone, like, you can do it, you know, just try again, never give up. So that was the first step. Mm -hmm. The second step was me finding a job. I started off in medical surgical, but after a while, I just felt like the floor I was on was just the dump yard. So I ran to ICU. And when I say dump yard, that meant every patient, they just threw whatever was coming through the door on the floor. So I wanted to go to ICU to get a little more critical training and more one-on-one with patients. Mm -hmm. And after I left ICU, I went to the float pool. From the float pool, I did oncology, ER. I also did general surgical floor. And from that, I also picked up just some trauma every now and then I wasn't one of those big ones like oh I want to be on that floor I was I every now and then I also floated to psychiatric but Mm -hmm. I wasn't a big fan (laughs) shout out to all my psychiatric nurses I'm with you guys like every day yeah um another thing was I decided around two years, two and a half, three years that I was going to start school. Family nurse practitioner is you want to have that floor experience. You want to have as much experience before you go in. Mm -hmm. At least I recommend at least a year, year and a half to two years of experience before you dive in. 
that is something that I can tell myself now that I'm glad I worked on the floor first because that helped me with the knowledge I am to what I have today. Yeah. Yeah. Once I did that, I did rotations at several different facilities. I did rotations in family medicine, oncology, women's health, pediatrics, and back in family. Nice. So I had to choose what I wanted to do. Right now, I chose family practice because I wanted to do everything. Mm -hmm. At my job currently, I am known as like the women's health. Like I do all PAPs, all birth controls. I do fertility as well. And that's something that I really want to get into because I love the fact like I had a young lady come in today actually in the office. I was so excited. Because we did her ovulation tracker, and she couldn't get pregnant for like over a year. So she came in. We did her ovulation tracker, and then today was her follow-up appointment to see if it, if she was ovulating or if it was, you know, she was having a hard time. We were going to try another step. And then she came in. She was smiling. She's like, I'm pregnant. And oh, I was great. so excited. Yeah. And that's one of the moments you're like, ah, you yeah. know, that's something, the joys of you know, being a women's health, like here she was over a year, like really having a hard time with fertility and I get to do fertility with them. And I'm like, okay. And then you get to come in and they're so excited about being pregnant. Yeah. yeah. So that's just a joy. Yeah. And so you mentioned a ton of things that you were able to do from surgery to ER and ICU and all those things um, in your role in, in the hospital. What, if you had to choose, I know that you um, have a passion for women's health and um, preventative care, but if you had to choose uh, a, and which specialty, so to speak, was best, or which floor you worked on was the best in a hospital, which one would you choose? Or even one, one was the best and one that was the like busiest slash craziest? The best. I love oncology. Mm-hmm. Um, at the hospital was so much fun. Yeah, the nurses were fun. The patients were fun. It was awesome. Yeah, the craziest is I worked at in the ER <laughs> at um in Savannah, Georgia. Yeah, <laughs> and it was uh it was crazy. Yeah, and yeah. they they taught me a lot. Yeah, but you know it was fun doing that and being a float nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, cool. So um, one of the things we talked about is that you have students. So you you um, are a preceptor for students. What is that? What does that look like? And what what is a preceptor uh, for those who don't know? And what does that look like in your role? Okay, so as you enroll into nurse practitioner school, your first year is nothing but core classes, curriculum. Like you are getting down to the books. The second year is all about finding a preceptor and getting your clinical rotation hours. Mm -hmm. So one of the things when I was going to nurse practitioner school, it was so hard for me to find a preceptor. It really was. It's like gold mine. Like if you find a preceptor, it's like I finally found somebody. Mm -hmm. So because in school you have to find your own, they aren't provided for you. Mm -hmm. Which most people, you would think, being a preceptor, you pay all this money for school, you think your school would find you somebody. Yeah. But no, not really. Um, So what I ended up doing is I always said after I got to the requirement where I could be a preceptor, I would take on students. 
So once I met the requirement after my year or so, I decided that I was like, I'm going to take on some students. Mm -hmm. So as a preceptor, which I absolutely love, I tell all my students I am very hands-on. So if you do not want to be hands-on and you don't want to come to work, like... I'm not your girl. <laughs> I'm not your person. Like, yeah. you go ahead and have a good day. Yeah. But kind of like, I want that person that really wants this spot. Like, they're hard to come by. Mm-hmm. You know, I want someone that wants to learn. So, of course, that's absolutely awesome. And when, after finishing the preceptorship, they are with me for, like, at least a quarter, whatever quarter, however many weeks. Some are required 180 hours per quarter. So they're with me almost every day for mm-hmm. like at least six weeks. Mm-hmm. And some of them do certain weeks or they make their own schedule. But as a preceptor, you have to be open. And I'm very open to receiving students. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that is lacking in the nurse practitioner field is we all finish school, but we also have to remember what we went through to find these preceptors that we needed. Yeah. Yeah. So, I find that so interesting that the school doesn't um, uh, like put you in a, a what we call rotation spots or like with preceptors and things like that. That's very interesting. Um, no, at nursing school, they put you with your rotation, mm-hmm. but for NP school, no. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, so one of the one of the things you just mentioned and the theme that I got from that was reach back and help people once you get to a point. Like your decision to um, become a preceptor. And knowing the challenges that you had finding a preceptor when you were going into um, MP school kind of influenced your decision to take on that role. And so yeah. what in, ter- in the um, in the under the umbrella of reach back and help people once you are in a position to do so, who has done that for you? Like who has been someone or maybe there are multiple people that said, you know, I'm in this position to help. Let me, it could have been just guidance that you've, you've received or um, maybe somebody helped put you in a position that would help move you forward. So, yeah, what does that look like for you? Well, I have a model. Um, one of my favorite things is I always tell people I didn't get here by myself. Yeah. I really didn't. Mm-hmm. It took a village and it took a community Yeah, to get me to where I am today. Mm-hmm. So, number one, I would always say my grandmother and my mom. My yeah. mom was... A single parent, mm-hmm. you know, she basically, we were, me and her in Savannah, and she would do her best. That was my motto is, you know, she never gave up. So I wanted to make her proud. Yeah. So that was one of the things I would say was kind of like a motivation to, I saw how many people helped her with me mm-hmm. and how the community gave me opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so um, when you are, so you, you do a ton of things in your, your role as now nurse practitioner. Um, and when you're not doing that work, what are you doing? What I'm not doing. Yeah. Oh God. Like I, I get into so much. Mm-hmm. All right. So when I'm not doing that, I love to travel. I love to go to concerts. I love to do yoga. I love to get lost in downtown Savannah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love to hang out with my friends, and sometimes, though, this year, I've been on, like, a solo, kind of, like, just more going mentally inward Mm -hmm. with myself. Yeah. 
because sometimes I felt like after you graduate and you get into that role and now you're like, I have so much time on my hands Mm -hmm. and you're, you sometimes wonder like, who is this person? Mm -hmm. So with me, it's kind of now what I'm doing is just checking into myself. Yeah. Yeah. And what does that look like for you? Like I get, you know, the word people overuse self-care, right? Everybody's like, Oh, self-care, this self-care, that, but self-care is not just a taking a bath and, you know, watching a movie. That's a component of it, sure. But what um, does you? What does it look like for you? I guess I'm gonna have to use the word self care. <laughs> what does it look like for you to, you know, be in tune with who you are um, as a professional? But and outside of that, one thing I had to do was step outside my box. Mm-hmm. Uh, people talk about getting to know themselves. No, I had to step outside my box. Yeah, I had to get really uncomfortable with myself. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't understand that I did suffer from depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. um, which I, I think people were like, really? You have so much going on and you have all these degrees. Like, girl, I would love to be in your shoes. I'm like, honey, if you only knew what it took to get there. Yeah. So one of the things I always say is for me, what self-care looks like is getting uncomfortable with myself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and putting what I who I thought I was and trying to really reach in to see who I truly am. Mm, that's good. That's good. Yeah. And that's by trying new things. That's by, I honestly, for someone, I, I did one of these things not too long ago was somebody who I actually like, we would like go at it. I actually reached out to them and was like, Hey, you know, if you would like to discuss something, like, hey, I'm open to it. You know, it's getting uncomfortable. It's clearing air. It is going deep within yourself and knowing that once you have all the career, you mm-hmm. have the job, you have the lifestyle you wanted. Okay, that's great. But do you know who you truly are? Because objects can... Think objects that I have and objects that may seem okay may not be what it seems. Yeah. Things can come, go and come. Yeah. So it's all about really like how I perceive life because sometimes when you're in the medical field, it kind of blocks you. It blocks you. Like I tell people all the time, all you think about is medicine, 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 uh, test, test, test. <laughs> yes, my anxiety, mind. anxiety, anxiety. Yeah. And all you think about now is, in, you know, everybody pushes patient care and meeting numbers and making sure insurance pays for this, insurance pays for that. And sometimes it gets so overwhelming mm-hmm. that you kind of forget who you are. You yeah. just block everything out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm of course not seeing anybody's patients right now, except for the standardized patients that I have to do on campus. Um, but I will say, um, that I, I understand that cycle of, you know, you're preparing for exams, you're going, going, going for an exam. Um, and it, it's almost like never ending. You, I literally had this conversation last yesterday and today, um, Mm -hmm. that it's a cycle that's never ending. Yes. We signed up for this. You know, yes, we volunteered for this. Uh, we get to do this. So let me be clear. We get to do this. We don't have to. We get to. Um, but it is it is a challenge to 
manage the cycle. And you have to make sure, you have to really be intentional about not allowing the stress and the anxiety or the worry to overcome you and to slow down. You know, if it means you got to take a day, everybody else might be studying, but if you need to take a day, take a day. It is what it is. Like you'll be okay. Um, And my, I I told uh, uh, someone this yesterday is my belief is the same God that got me here is the same God that's going to take me through and I'll be good. Like I'm not going to stress myself. I, I, I run out of stress. (laughs) <laughs> I'm out of it. I don't have any stress. I'm real calm now. Um, I remember showing up to one of my exams in MP school and was like, I'm going to put this in God's hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the way the test looked today. <laughs> because that's the only option I have. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, so what advice, you, you, you kind of peppered that in our conversation, but what advice would you give to um, young, aspiring, uh, up-and-coming nurses about con- considering this career? Whether they are um, aspiring nurses, not inspiring, aspiring nurses, um, like maybe they're collegiate students now, maybe they haven't really decided, maybe they've decided and they're in the midst of it. What what guidance would you give them? Like if you had a single piece of advice, what would it be? My single piece of advice would be it's like so many things just ran through my head <laughs> all right top, let's say top two right all right the first one would be in nursing school don't ever ever at least for even this is for my nursing students mm-hmm. don't ever think that just because you failed something that you won't be a good nurse. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Now, too, for all the nurses that are aspiring or wanting to go in this field, go in open-minded. I know you will think that this is what area you want to be in. But be open-minded for change. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, I know those. Even those. Those two things kind of apply to me too. Um, so it's it's easy to think like once you, you you get an exam grade back, you're like, oh man, I failed this exam. You're like, oh, this is terrible. What am I gonna do? All that kind of stuff. It's easy to get in your head. Um, so you just have to be mindful and not do that. And I came into medical school thinking that I was gonna go into emergency medicine. I was like, e-med, 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 because I like e-med. I like the rush. I like, <laughs> I like the rush. I like the uh, the variety of cases. Um, but now I'm considering so many other things. I'm considering surgery. I'm considering um, OB-GYN. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> um, all I can say is every time I worked in the emergency room, I just always remember we were throwing stuff across the room. Oh, my goodness. And you must have, were you in trauma? That's it. Okay, you in trauma. You in trauma. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, my personal theme for this year, um, the two words, and be intentional and be consistent. Um, I'm still working on that consistency part. Uh, but <laughs> if you could choose one or two words to describe your vision for your year or even for your life, uh, what would they be and why? 
just like in my previous statement is um, working on me mm-hmm. here. Yeah. And one of the things, because I got tired and I got overwhelmed and felt like my body was giving up on me. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I said this year, Steve, would be, be still. Yeah. Be still and just listen. Yeah. Your body tells you when it's time. Mm-hmm. I never thought I would get to that stage where my body would say, just stay right here. Mm-hmm. Time to rest. Yeah. And rest. Yeah. Yeah. Be still. Be still. I like that. All right. So let's do some fun questions. You ready? All right. I'm ready. All right. So these questions are supposed to be rapid fire. Your answer oh, does right. not necessarily have to be rapid fire, but you know. All right, so what is the best concert you've ever been to? Oh, Bachella. Bachella all the way. I, I was yeah. in, I lived my best life at Bachella to come back the next day and end up in the emergency room. Oh, my goodness. You had a good time. I had too good of a time. Yeah. Whole, whole asthma after I got back to Georgia. Oh, my goodness. Did you, did you, do you watch Insecure? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. So there's an insecure episode where they go to Coachella. So I'm gonna let I'm it's the it's the I'm gonna let <laughs> it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Um, yeah. yeah, Coachella was memories that I'll have for a lifetime. Nice, nice, nice. Um, all right. So if you had to choose a favorite exercise, I know one. I know something that you you mentioned earlier that you know in the yoga. If you had to choose uh, a favorite exercise, what would it be? I love yoga. Mm -hmm. I've actually, this year I was able to get back into it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yoga was something I started in nursing school, which I didn't want to take antidepressants. So Mm -hmm. they told me to do yoga, which actually helped mentally and physically. So um, I recently just hosted my first trap yoga event in Savannah Mm -hmm. two weeks ago. And I'll actually be hosting my next trap yoga event in Hinesville, Georgia in April. Nice, nice, nice. Trap, all right. Uh, top three trap songs. Top three? Okay, Cardi, Money. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me see. I love No Limit. Okay, all right. Uh, Wait, No Limit one. as... What you mean No Limit? Like No Limit Soldiers? Like No! The, um... Oh, I can't think of a, the name right now. I was like, no um, Limit Soldiers. I'm dating. I'm dating myself. I'm talking about, I'm talking about uh, Master P. And no! X. Um... <laughs> Ain't that Rocky? Cardi okay. B. Okay. All right. All right. Um, let's see. And then let me see. What I'm going to work in the morning. Oh, I have this song. Sometimes I have to play, and it's by Ti. It's mm-hmm. an older song. It's called Motivation. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah and yeah. sometimes I just need that to get up to go to work in the morning. Sometimes. Yeah. 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 Right now I'm listening to Drip too hard a little bit too much. Um, yes, yeah. I do like that. <laughs> yeah, too hard a little bit. <laughs> All right, so we got your trap songs. You say you're in the yoga. Um, what is your favorite dessert? You know, I don't really care for a dessert oh, like that. Ooh. All right, favorite food then. Have- a sweet- oh, seafood. I'm from Savannah. Yeah, all day. <laughs> <laughs> All day. I, I, my um, cousin, this was several years ago. My cousin, my brother and I went to go to New York to go visit one of my cousins from the Bronx. Well, we didn't go visit my cousin. From, we went to New York for a week. And while we were there, we went to go, we visited my cousin from the Bronx. 
And he was like, yo, I'm going to take y'all to um, the seafood place. I was like, all right, cool, cool. That's what's up. You know, we we get fresh seafood. Like when we go pick up our fish, the fish still swimming, the fish still moving. Like, <laughs> like the shrimp that we get came out of the water in the morning, right? And so he was like, yeah, we're going to go get some seafood. I was like, okay, cool. Man, he took us to this restaurant, like some, I don't know, somewhere, whatever. And this was stuff was like frozen seafood. I was like, what is this? <laughs> he well, gassed it too. He gassed it. He hyped it up big time. I was like, nah, son. This but is that's, they love that up there. Exactly. I was like, that's mm-hmm. what they think is seafood. Mm-mm. Nah, but it's some good, you know, you can get some stuff, good, good seafood like in Maryland and especially Baltimore, like Maryland crab cakes. And Boston. Stuff. Yeah, in Boston, up, up that way. My mother wants to go to, uh, to Maine to eat lobster for the heck of it. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's too cold. Yeah, but you go in the summertime. You go in the summertime. Mm-hmm. I know someone that lives in California, and I still need a jacket. And you still, <laughs> I know, I know someone that lives in um, LA during the winter and lives in Maine in the summertime. Um, so yeah. Uh, so if you had to choose a song that defines your personality or where you are in your life right now, what would that song be? All right, so the song that defines my personality. Oh, let me see. Okay, so I'm a big Sade fan. Okay, all right. Like, I love Sade. Now, my husband, on the other hand, he says Sade puts him to sleep, so. (laughs) But I think I love this song called um, Mama, Mm -hmm. and it's just like... I love the, um, she, it's called Ray Black. I love her. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of like my motivation song. Like, never giving up. Yeah. Um, that song describes me. And it's another song that I, is called, uh, it is, I think I believe, Flower Bomb, Flower Blossom by Sade as well. Okay. It came out last year, November. Okay. All right, so um, my final question for you. Okay. Same question I ask um, everyone is when it's all said and done, what do you want your legacy to be? That I contribute to the community, that my footprint was left mm-hmm. in preventive medicine and in women health care. Yeah, yeah, good deal. And that when you hear my name, you automatically think of me in the medical field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good deal, good deal. Um, I I said I had one last question. I have another one. You said okay. some, you said something that makes me want to ask you another question. <laughs> um, so, what is your vision for your career um, now? Like, what is your vision going forward? So, when you look at the grand scheme, what is the vision? And, and maybe that's I'm at re-asking the same question, but. Uh, what is your vision, some specific things about your vision for your career going forward? My vision career-wise going forward is, actually, I'm going to go into, um, probably go into a specialty soon. Mm-hmm. But I actually want to open up a women's and children's shelter. Okay. All right. Um, that's where I'm heading towards now, opening up a women's and children's shelter for those in need, mm-hmm. you know, there's not a lot of women's shelters. I am kind of late, kind of 
narrowing my way and then, you know, in a career and then probably, you know, one day start a family and then just kind of go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Good deal. Good deal. Um, well, thank you. I appreciate you. you. I thank you for taking the time out to chat with me. Um, repping the hometown Savannah all day. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, thank you. It's been a joy. It's been a joy. It's been awesome. Yeah. Have a great one. Thank you.